good afternoon. And on this uh, very beautiful afternoon, summer afternoon, we of course welcome all our guests and our visitors to the parish. And uh, once again, it's a wonderful parish because it's made up of so wonderful people. And you know, uh, this parish does so many good things for so many people because of the generosity and time and talent of the people of this parish. So the school, the medical center, the Mercy Center, so many wonderful and good things. So we, we do welcome you to our parish. You know, uh, each time that I have the privilege of offering the, the Holy Sacrifice with you, uh, I always mention to read Holy Scripture. The next two Sundays, and in fact the last two Sundays, but the next two Sundays will be centered in the Eucharist. And you'll find that in chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel. That's what we read today. But to read the complete Gospel, chapter 6 of St. John. If you do that, you would read the theology of the Eucharist. You know, if you pick up uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you'll find the institution of the Eucharist. If you would want the earliest date where a community was celebrating the Eucharist, you would find that in 1 Corinthians. And there, St. Paul corrects that community for eating and drinking of the body and blood unworthily. Now, that was written around 52, the year 52. And that precedes any gospel that was written. And when you read uh, chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel, you're reading something that was written about 100. So a reflection upon the, the faith of the church, a reflection upon the Eucharist, a theology of the Eucharist. So if you really want to know your Eucharist, what you do, when you come here, then read chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel. Now, you know, school is starting very shortly. A few more days of reprieve for the young people who have to go to school, you know. And uh, maybe some of the parents are getting a couple of days of, of vacation or whatever. But just to remind you that who is the first educator of the child? The parent. You are. Not the school. Not the state. You are. And in particular, in the, in the matter of faith, you're the first educator. And that's why a father's vocation is so important, because from the father should come the child's learning of their prayers, learning of their faith. Just like St. Joseph, you know, St. Joseph took Jesus to the temple. St. Joseph was the one that taught the prayers of Jesus. St. Joseph is the one who 
company of an, in his bar mitzvah. You know, the Father is so important in the giving of truth. Now, each time we come to the Eucharist, just before we receive the body and blood of Christ, the whole Christ, the complete Christ, we have a prayer. Peace I give you, my peace I give you. And Jesus gives us peace, not as the world gives. And then he says, then we pray, and do not look on our sins. Now when we look at the people of old, you know, in our first reading, the wandering in the desert, and God providing for them. They were in a, a journey of liberation, leaving captivity, and yet they were wandering, wandering in the desert. And so many times, they refused to obey Almighty God. And so many times, they suffered because of their disobedience. And yet, despite their disobedience and hardness of heart, our Lord protected them and gave them food for the journey. At one time, a rock was opened and gushed out water. The Lord protected them and was with them. Every time, because we are the people in the Exodus, we're on a journey, all of us, for eternal life. This isn't just now. There's something within us that longs for the infinite. You know, our hearts are restless. Our hearts are empty. Every time we try to fill our hearts with something, we're, we're not happy. I read recently that most Americans are unhappy. And we have the abundance of everything. And why are we unhappy? Is it because Christ is not the center of our life? That we have, as St. Paul says, illicit desires, selfishness, self-centeredness. What is it? Why do, not, why do we not have that peace? Now, to bring up some things that are rather unpleasant, but I guess that's what priests are supposed to do, to remind us to stay close to the Lord. Tomorrow, we will... Uh, our call to pray for peace. Because in 1945, we dropped the atomic bomb on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And we annihilated a city and destroyed a people. One bomb. It all began in 1878 with the Franco-Prussian War that this violence began. 
and we have, as a people, have never experienced peace since. You know that war that was the end all wars, World War I, where the youth of the world was decimated. My father fought in that war. Purple Heart came back wounded, terribly wounded in mind and body. The war that was into all wars. And then in the, the succeeding years, the Manchurian War in the Far East, the uh, uh, Mussolini invading Ethiopia, and then all of a sudden, World War II. Millions of lives lost, destroyed, cities ruined. Would that end it all? Vietnam. And from Vietnam on, we have, as a people, we have never experienced peace. We have been at war. And this war that, that seems to be the mark of, of culture today, of the world, is found right home, right here. We are living in an absolutely violent society. Turn on your television. You go to a sitcom where there's a happy family. The average movie today is full of violence. People killing each other. Horrible violence. What is the rhetoric of our common place? Today, instead of a disciplined rhetoric of changing ideas and values and discussions and with freedom. What happens now? Violence in the street. Break all the windows you can. Destroy the cars. Burn up anything to get your way. And then we live in a society, it's not very pleasant to talk about, a society where you can abort a child in the womb that's legal. You touch the dog, they can put you in jail. That's the society we live in. So where is peace? Do you think today that with the hydrogen bomb, the neutrino bomb, and, and uh, biological and chemical weapons that we have no knowledge of, do you think somebody's not going to do them and use them? Wherever there's a weapon they use, from the minute the caveman had a spear, he used it, or a hatchet. Now, We have to pray for peace. 
There's that song, you know, let peace begin with me. Maybe that's where it has to start. Am I peaceful? Is my speech peaceful? Do I treat people peacefully? Is there peace in my family? Is there peace? Is there love? Or is there dissension and arguments and fighting and worry about money and all that kind of stuff? Today, in our universities, where at one time a debate of ideas was a wonderful thing, today it's violent. If you say something that somebody disagrees with you, you're a racist or you're, you're violent or you're whatever. So perhaps we have to start looking at our own heart. You know, when you go to work, are there peaceful words there? Words of encouragement? Words of compliment? We have to think about these things. We're asked to pray tomorrow for peace. But maybe we have to start with ourselves, huh? Each one of us. Then maybe the society can change and the world can change a little bit. But believe me, we have to pray. We have to put Christ back in our lives. We have to put Christ and his love back in this world. And you can't sit and say, well, somebody else can do that. because peace begins with each one of us. God bless you.